0: Welcome to $100 Plus Mileage, the podcast about those New Hampshire bills that don't make the news but could still impact you. We give you the unbiased facts, pros and cons, and let you decide where you fall on some of the most important issues facing the grand state. I'm Mike Dunbar, content editor for Citizens Count.
1: And I'm Anna Brown, director of research and analysis for Citizens Count.
0: Okay, Annette, today's episode is all about mugshots or those post-arrest photos that you see sometimes. Whether it's on the TV news or your local police department's Facebook page, we all kind of know what a mugshot looks like. It's the photo taken of someone after they've been arrested. But just because someone's been arrested doesn't mean that they've been convicted of a crime. So some feel it's unfair to release these embarrassing post-arrest photos where potential employers and other people could see them.
1: That's right. As the saying goes, the internet never forgets, although we'll discuss if that's like really true later on. And some people think these pictures shouldn't be made public right away.
0: So I hear. And in fact, there's a bill on this topic this year, isn't there?
1: Well, we mostly wouldn't be talking about this unless that was true, (laughs) Mike. So yes, HB 125, a bill being considered by the New Hampshire legislature would prohibit law enforcement from publicly distributing these post-arrest photos, mugshots, with some limited exceptions.
0: Okay, all right. Well, let's dive in then. What are the nitty-gritty details of this bill?
1: Okay, HB 125, like I mentioned, says that post-arrest photos taken by law enforcement officers aren't subject to New Hampshire's right-to-know law unless the person is actually convicted of the crime. Footnote, New Hampshire's right-to-know law basically says what are government documents that the public has a right to access if they ask for it. So that means these mugshots wouldn't be freely accessible to the public whenever they ask. But caveats. Okay, so officers could publish the mugshots to get help finding a suspect. So if the person fails to show up for court, or they're suspected of committing another crime while on bail, but officers would first have to exhaust non public methods of finding that person before just putting the photo out there. Law enforcement would also be allowed to release a post arrest photo if the suspect presents an immediate danger to the public and they need to put that face out there so people can be safe. And a person could also request to have their photo released, which quick footnote, you might sort of ask mm. yourself, why would anybody say, right. yeah, put my worst day out there in public. <laughs> but there was a notable case a few years ago where um, I think it was Manchester, but uh, a man was beaten by the police. And the post-arrest photo corroborated what they were saying, because you could see Mm. in the photo that the guy was totally beaten up. And uh, it was a union leader reporter talked about that at the bill hearing. We'll get to that later. So that's, yeah, if you wanted it released, you could still do that. And then lastly, law enforcement officers would be required to keep a record of all the photos they released and why. Uh, But it wouldn't stop law enforcement officers from showing suspect photos to witnesses or other agencies as part of the investigation. And it wouldn't impact the um, photos that are part of the sex offender registry system. So, uh, you know, if if they were talking to someone in the background, that that's not what this is talking about. It's if it's publicly on a Facebook page or or in a newspaper or something like that.
0: Right, right. So from what you said, it sounds like they're trying to strike a balance between the suspect's right to privacy, but also not getting in the way of The police doing their work.
1: Yes, uh, finding a balance—you know, privacy and security—and and and I feel like there are other bills we've talked about where that comes up. It's a—it's it it came up in the Senate hearing for this bill as well.
0: Right. Yeah, I'm sure. And that—I mean—that seems like a good jumping in point to the pros and cons of this bill, right? So, uh, as so often happens with this podcast, I can already see how this is an issue that at first seems kind of cut and dried. Like it makes sense you wouldn't want to be putting these out prematurely, but there's probably a lot of layers and nuance to it too.
1: More layers than a wedding cake for sure. So <laughs> the arguments on both sides, I, fi- I find really compelling. So let's start with the pro side of the debate saying we should limit these photo distributions. So at the hearing, we had representative of the ACLU, some New Hampshire house reps, an advocate for the rights of sex workers. And they generally argued that granite staters have a right to privacy and are innocent until proven guilty. And this is, I mean, I would almost consider it like a form of like public shaming, like going back to the stocks, because we mm. have this situation now with Facebook and newspapers online and everything where these, it's it's not like this photo will just run in your local newspaper. Like this, this is instantly out there for the entire world to see. And sometimes police departments even use humorous captions. I can personally vouch. I'm part of a Manchester Facebook group that frequently posts these as parts of alerts and people are horrifying like they they will go after it doesn't matter what the person did or what they're accused of doing i should say they will go after their haircuts their tattoos the face they're making like yeah. it's one of those things where like sometimes you see among like we've all like seen that right especially celebrity mugshots you see it and you're like oh my gosh but it's this is people's lives and there are especially really compelling stories that people talked about at the hearing where someone was ultimately found innocent, but this Mm. photo is just living on forever. So for example, one representative talked about he had a friend who was wrongfully accused of or suspected of a sexual assault and didn't want to give his DNA. So they arrested him, took his DNA. The DNA was not a match. He was not guilty of this, but you'll still find those old pictures from when he was arrested. And similar problem with uh, sex workers, right? So the idea is people with criminal history, such as sex workers, you know, it's, this doesn't necessarily mean that they don't deserve a chance to have a job, be part of society, right? You know, we, 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 the whole reason why these people don't get life sentences is because we all want to have this idea of rehabilitation, right? But people will Google candidates before they hire them. And that could be it. That's all that it takes. That bad mugshot could be enough for an employer to say, "Mm, nope, not you. So, At the hearing, people talked about terms like the stigma of assumed guilt or a digital scarlet letter to describe what's happening with these post-arrest photos.
0: Right. Yeah. I can't imagine being in a situation where I was arrested wrongfully. And by the time it is determined that I was arrested wrongfully, you know, I've been skewered on Facebook and I've uh, had my my embarrassing photo cataloged by Google and all that. Learn stuff, everything so.
1: embarrassing about your hairstyle. Exactly <laughs> yes. what everyone hates <laughs> about it.
0: <laughs> right. Right. OK. We were talking about the cons. So what are what are some of the cons uh, arguments? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, layers is a wedding cake. And and so those who spoke in opposition to the bill included the union leader's president and publisher, Brendan McQuaid, a representative of the New Hampshire Association of Broadcasters, the Manchester chief of police, and more. Um, not always common that you'll see Law enforcement and media talking on the same side, necessarily. Mm. And so the media organizations argued that the public has a right to know who the police take into custody, and they worried that the bill would represent an erosion of New Hampshire's right-to-know law. Chief Alan Aldenberg of the Association of Chiefs of Police similarly argued that the need for transparency in law enforcement is paramount right so we're in an age where we are all eyes on the police right now saying we need to know what they're doing how they're treating people i mentioned that example earlier the story about the man who was beaten by police and his poster s photo helped that come to light so the idea is for better or worse if the police are doing things right or doing things wrong these photos are part of that record for us to keep track so now let's talk. Are these photos forever? Because that, that's the other argument that comes up. You have employers Googling and pointing them out. Some media representatives at this hearing said they're not really forever, that there are methods of having these embarrassing photos taken down. Uh, Patch, for example, some of them, representatives from them were at the hearing and they were talking about they have a whole process and you know certain caveats they put in text on their website. And because they, you know, the idea is, yeah, people are wrongfully arrested. People do repay their debt. Whatever. Um, I, I do just have to jump back on the other side of this, though, because the here's one thing I want to know if you have you heard the Streisand effect, Mike?
0: Yeah, yeah. That isn't that where uh, you try to get like something out of the media, and it winds up just calling attention to it.
1: Yes. So this would perhaps not be the case with someone who wasn't already a media personality, but um, certainly I I just I have to share it because it's such a funny story to me. So Barbara Streisand at one point there was this photo online that included a picture of her house. And to be clear, it wasn't like just a picture of her house. If I remember correctly, it was like a a shot of the coastline and her her house just happened to be on part of that coastline that got photographed and she tried Mm. to get it removed. And what happened is everyone thought this was so hilarious and ridiculous that now the photo blew up. Up. And <laughs> similar things, obviously, with the the Beyonce uh, halftime photo situation. Uh, you may do you remember that one, Mike? No. How are you? What do you live under a rock? I mean, come Uh, on, man. (laughs) Okay. Wow. I did not see that one coming. Okay. Beyonce did her halftime show. There were these photos that came out that were still shots that were very unflattering. I feel okay. Since she's like very well known and everybody knows she's beautiful and amazing. It's, it's okay to say like they were, they were kind of funny looking, you know, it's stills. We all see video stills and then we don't look our best. She tried to get them removed, and the internet was like, oh, no, 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 no. This photo will live forever. (laughs) Uh, Feel free to Google that, Mike, to join the rest of us in the 21st century.
0: (laughs) Gotta get back. So I feel a little
1: bad because we were talking about cons, and I totally hijacked that to talk about Barbara Barbara Streisand and Beyonce, who, let's be real, are not the type of people who have their mugshots coming out on community (laughs) Facebook pages, but... Yeah. Okay. I just had to mention it. So uh, I'll loop back now, um, which is basically tie it together. Say people say, you know, okay, we, we could more carefully target this bill to address the balance between transparency and privacy. Maybe it would just address these community Facebook pages, which are sort of a digital version of the stocks, or maybe this should be addressed at the federal level since there's conversations happening there.
0: Right, right. Wow. Yeah. Like we said, there's more more to this than uh, meets the eye at first. So, okay, now if you've if you've heard this and if you're not uh too confused on where you stand on the issue since it is complicated and you want to especially if you want to make your voice heard on it, what should people do? Anna
1: Okay. So the bill right now is in the Senate Judiciary Committee. So you can contact those members to give your views, or it's going to come up for the vote full to the Senate. So contact your senator. You can find them on our website, clicking elected officials on our navigation bar. Tell them how you think they should vote. And remember, you can track this bill's progress on our website as well.
0: All right. Well, with that, I think it's time for Only in New Hampshire. All right, Anna, what have you got for us?
1: Uh, Well, I would really hope that at some time we could get some like quirky only in New Hampshire theme music. Mm. If we could, or maybe we should just choose whatever fits because the one that fits today is definitely the X-Files theme song. Uh, There's been a lot of UFOs in the news lately with uh, whatever military reports are coming out. I was a huge fan of the X-Files. I loved reading about alien encounters when I was a kid. So let's talk today about one of the most famous encounters that happened here in New Hampshire with Betty and Barney Hill. Okay, the incident happened in September of 1961. Betty and Barney were a married couple living in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, and they were driving back from a vacation to Niagara Falls when just south of Lancaster, a strange light in the sky started following them. Mm. They recall pulling over and investigating, but then the next thing they remember, they were waking up in their house in Portsmouth, no memory of the night before. And then over the next few weeks, with the help of hypnotherapy, going through these nightmares they had, they recalled that they had been taken aboard an alien ship and tested, probed, whatever. Uh, This classic story, it's the reason why there's a UFO festival every year in that area of New Hampshire. I also feel compelled to note, Betty and Barney Hill were an interracial couple at a time when this was very uncommon compared to today. It was still illegal in other states, although not New Hampshire. And these were also prominent civil rights activists so they have this Mm. really interesting like dual history in new hampshire of being civil rights leaders but also known for one of the most well-documented alien encounters in the united states like i said i loved it when i was a kid like if you go to the library and you like check out those like top 10 alien encounters with the creepy illustrations like betty and barney hill are totally in there
0: Mm -hmm. yeah and i think university of new hampshire still has her dress and stuff like that Yeah, I'm pretty sure they have a a
1: special collection. I mean, Mike, I have to ask, have you had a UFO encounter?
0: I haven't, and I'm starting to feel like the only one. I'm getting kind of mad.
1: I I mean, my favorite was when um, I was in high school and I was like driving home with my mom once telling her about like all my favorite, you know, UFO stories because I was going through a phase as one does when one is a teenager. And we were driving under uh, like one of those like spotlights that's over highways sometimes. And my mom literally Mm. went, oh my gosh, what is that? And then then realized it was a spotlight. (laughs) So that's what I've got. I've got my mom very excitedly for a minute thinking she saw a UFO when really it was just a lamp.
0: Oh, see I was kind of hoping she was just like messing with you and that you No, no, that would be that would be really
1: really cool. Much love to my mom. She she I, I don't think she could pull that off. Uh,
0: just have give you that one moment of finally.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'd be me. excited. I'd be pumped. I'd be like pull over.
0: Right, right. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, that wraps it up for today's episode. You can find more information and episodes at citizenscount.org. We'd like to thank Franklin Pierce University for producing and the Granite State News Collaborative for hosting. Our theme music is composed by Mike Dunbar. And lastly, we thank you for giving us a listen and thinking about how you can be part of what makes New Hampshire by the people for the people.